Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. Well, I am so pleased to welcome you here to this Quantum Conversation. We are with the legendary spiritual teacher and acclaimed major celebrity, angelic emissary, voice alchemist, and a master of voice. Stuart Pierce is here with us, and already we are being overlighted and overshadowed by Princess Diana, who Stuart has worked with. Stuart, welcome to Quantum Conversations. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, it's a pleasure. What an honor. <clears throat> it's wonderful to meet you, and I, I want to thank you publicly for this extraordinary contribution that you make to everybody's lives by organizing us into sharing with you these wonderful moments of broadcast about something scintillating within the spiritual world. So thank you, really, very, very pronouncedly. Thank you. And thank you, too, for being here. This is our community where we are all waking up and we are on a mission to new earth. So the teachings that you bring forward, how beautiful. We're going to talk about how we can unlimit uh, ourselves from old belief structures and really move forward in a passionate, empowered way on new earth. And we're also going to talk about your connection with Princess Diana, Lady Diana, and so much more, the other um, people that you've worked with, because they reach other people on such a huge level. So we'll get there in a moment. Let's talk about you and your work with the angels, the voice of the angels. How did you make this connection? Can you share that story? Hmm. It's quite a long one, so I'll keep it short. <laughs> okay. I was very aware of the multidimensional universe as a child. I mean, very, very aware. So I, what I mean is I saw angels, I saw spirit, I saw ghosts, I saw um, elementals, I saw nature spirits. <clears throat> In other words, I saw the multidimensional universe, and I realized that it was all alive, absolutely alive, with pulsating molecular energy the forces radiating light manifestation with sound vibration supporting um and um i had difficulty with it because i shared this information with those people who were my caretakers and my caregivers um as a child and they didn't see what i was seeing so they thought that i was very very peculiar so i was branded all sorts of odd names and, and, and effectively i switched off I also had grave difficulty reading um, because I was synesthetic. I was seeing sound and therefore the computation or the coordination of word uh, structure just simply wasn't something that I could grasp. However, as I grew and became pubescent at the age of 11, my voice broke and everybody started saying, there's something about your voice. There's something about your voice. There's something about your voice. Now, bearing in mind that I'd never never received any approbation up to that point, I sort of went with it. You know, there's a light and I'm going to go with it. And so I started working on um, training my voice with a specialist that my mother had found. And as a result of that, I began to awaken 
once again. So I began to see the shimmering light of how sound communicated um, the presence and meaning and significance and essence. Well, that all gambled forward into my early 20s when I became an actor and uh, use my voice professionally. And of course, becoming an actor, you move into the very core of what it is to be uh, one with truth, because the core of great acting is a truth of feeling statement, and all great acting is based on relationship. And so as I started to really move into the very core of what my own truth was about, and to discover that, that within my voice was a center, was a signature note, that was my soul's song, the song of my soul, I began to awaken even further. But it was really at the end of the 70s, because I spent 10 years working as an actor, that when my mother fell ill with terminal cancer, and I nursed her for a year, and then she passed. And with her passing came a series of mystical rites of passage, where I literally switched back on and began to see very clearly again, aura, elemental, the angels. The, the angels always came to me as orbs of light or as great beams of light. I never saw human beings with wings, although I really love human beings with wings. I saw them as these extraordinary supernatural, preternatural forces. And, um, and all of that started me in developing my psyche through the mystical experiences that I had with her. Um, and then to gamble forward, there I was being given opportunities working as a voice coach. So I made this big transition. There's a whole story there, which I would bore you with, where I moved from being an actor into a voice coach. Um, huge doors opened. And there I was training voices like Margaret Thatcher and uh, some of the early politicians in the early 80s. However, it was in 1987 when a friend of mine invited me to the Harmonic Convergence at Glastonbury, the heart chakra of the world, so that I could read, because apparently I was developing the talent of being able to read people very swiftly and provide them with, with psychic, supernatural or divine information. And so there I was in Glastonbury for August 15, 16, 17, 1987, not knowing the import of what was about to happen or really what the essence of that festival was all about. And during my lunch break, I went and sat on the tour the Glastonbury tour. Tour means high hill and to meditate, basically. And in the middle of my meditation, I heard these extraordinary sounds, these high harmonic overtones. And I opened my eyes in surprise. And in front of me were these huge orbs of light. There were 12 in these bright colors of blue, red, green, yellow, etc. And I heard in my voice, in my head or in my consciousness, a voice that said, we are the angels of Atlantis and we're going to give you a temple of sound healing that you will call the alchemy of voice. And so really for the last 32 years, I've been working with these 12 extraordinary orb emissaries, these orb wanderers, these great, great beams of light, these extraordinary angels, many of whom we know, for example, Michael, Uriel, Raphael, Gabriel, the four great guardian angels of the planet. Guardian because they literally govern the four elements and they govern the four directions. But then there are other angels that we know less about. Um, angels like Hanael or Metatron or indeed, although a lot of people are awakening to Metatronic energy or um, 
Zadkiel and Safkiel. There are 12 in all, and they each represent one of the human archetypes. So they each have a specific role. Raphael is a healer, Michael is a leader, Metatron is the great teacher. Radziel is the angel of the mysteries. Zadkiel is the great comforter. Um, Safkiel is the angel of sacred love, etc., 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 etc. So they all have very specific missions to make for us the angelic communion much more grounded, much simpler to use. Because I'm sure you've experienced this, that when people come and they're talking about angels, they say, well, there are so many angels. Well, who do I choose? And so this makes it easier because suddenly we realize, well, I need Gabriel, the messenger in my life, because I feel that I need to develop my talents as a communicator, as an expressor, as a teacher, as an artist, as a writer, as a speaker, or I need to just simply improve my presentation skills because my communication processes are not as strong as possible. So if we call upon Gabriel, Gabriel automatically amplifies that intention and leads us towards the promised land. Quite a long story, but there we are. <laughs> so really for the last 20, 32 years, I've specialized in teaching angelic sound healing and developing a series of elixirs or nectars, which we're offering in these three packages that I'm sure you and I will be talking about at some point. Yes, it's quite extraordinary and exquisite. And you are really stepping into your purpose and your mission. And I just love that story. And you've worked with some high-powered individuals. Mm -hmm. For instance, Lady Diana. I mean, uh, you actually coined the term, she's the people's princess. No, the queen of everybody's hearts. The queen of Yeah, because I, I came along, I worked with her for the last two years, you see. So she came to me when the divorce was known mm. and she had just committed to the Martin Bashir interview, the very famous interview, where she announced there are three, three people in this marriage, etc., etc. And she, she was startled because she saw herself on the video. And in other words, she was already transmogrifying in her power. So she literally was shape-shifting in her body. And she saw the younger woman in the video and realized that she wanted to ascertain, evolve, ascend, transform into a more mature woman, a woman of the world. And so that was why then she, you know, with, with my help, other people's help, she decided to go through a complete makeover and had her hair cut short and changed her makeup and ceased wearing the power dressing of the early, the late 80s and the early 90s with those huge, huge shoulders and moved into something which we, re we, we now remember her by because the last two years of her life were dedicated to the emancipation of people in suffering all over the world. I mean, she was an angel. You know, I just finished writing a book about those two years which hopefully will be published this year. And so therefore went into my diaries of 26, 27 years ago and uh, read the material that I recorded then and went to visit some of the people that we met, that she and I met, that she'd healed. And they are still saying, I still feel her touch on my arm. 
when she touched me, Stuart, a bolt of electricity moved through me. Was she an angel? So they still feel her. And then, of course, as we know, millions and millions and millions of people around the world feel that they are in regular contact with her and have channeled her and written books about her and so forth. So the book that I've written is really a, um, providing everybody with a chronicle. That's a little bit too serious a word, but a, 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 a capacity whereby we can see the exercises that she engaged in, the empowerment skills that we shared, the meditations that she did, the healing processes that she went through to complete that ascension, which, of course, none of us knew at that time, although we had misgivings about the possibility that she may be taken from us, which, of course, effectively then happened. So in the book, I answer the unanswerable and question the unquestionable about, you know, was this a ritual killing and what was that significance all about? And, um, and what, why did what happen? Why did that happen? Those seven days of mourning where millions and millions, billions and billions of people around the world. It was recorded that on the day of her funeral, something like 5.6 billion people watched that, which then was two-thirds of the population of our planet, including the naysayers, including those people that had critiqued her so mercilessly through her life. A um, giant yeah. heart opening. A giant heart opening. Wasn't it just? Yeah. Pure Shakti. I remember I was in New Mexico because she was on, you know, she was obviously on holiday. And I went to New Mexico because I'd spent a lot of time in New Mexico working with a Native American shaman. And that's another story. And um, and I was with dear friends. And, I, you know, that morning I just looked over the shoulder of somebody in the cafe where we were having brunch. And it was they were reading USA Today. And there it was, Diana is dead and i will never forget that moment a howl came out of me this primeval this atavistic howl came out of me and uh, you know i excused myself from everybody and and ran and fortunately there was a church just around the corner and i went and sat in the church and the padre came out and said my son what is wrong with you and i was weeping immeasurably and uh, i said well look i've just discovered but Princess Diana has died and we were very close. So he, he nurtured me. He, he gave me succor, gave me blessing and I calmed. But it was the most, the most, most, most extraordinary. After she kept coming to me, but very faintly, I feel for many of us now that she's much, much more present with her power and has been... I'm just switching my phone off, has just been taken into the warm embrace of the divine feminine in the most extraordinary way. Yeah, Beautiful. I could go on and on and on. Beautiful. I just, I, 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 I loved her so much. And in fact, I celebrated the other day with a very dear friend who worked with her also, who was uh, the astrologer, Debbie Frank, who, Lorraine, you must meet. She's a very extraordinary mistress of the heavens very remarkable we have many diana stories together so we decided that we would actually go uh, on tuesday of last week and have lunch at the restaurant where we all used to meet up where we both met her and uh, the restaurant is still there we had the most extraordinary meal 
And uh, halfway through, the owner came through, not um, the person that introduced us, because alas, two years after Diana's death, Mara Burney also passed. They were they were soul sisters. So it's very interesting that, that she passed with her. But here was her daughter, Marina, who now is the owner of the restaurant. And Marina said, oh, Stuart, I haven't seen you for so long. I've just come back from Tuscany and I took the Angels of Atlantis Oracle and book with me. And here you are. So we had a wonderful hour or two of reminiscing about Diana. Oh, well, that, oh, is, just well, that is just beautiful. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Weird that I hear Weird a little. Weird that I hear uh, a little. Uh, I don't know why we I have an have... echo. Well, You hear an echo? It's, I do slightly, yes. Okay. Um, we'll I'm, just adapt. It, we'll just it's, the transmi- it. it's the transmission, I'm afraid. And um, like we said, when I joined you on this call there, thank you, the echo has left. I really felt uh, Lady Diana with uh, us overshadowing us before we started and also technical difficulties with our equipment kind of uh it was the energy coming in and uh just making sure that all of our software programs were updated to that energy as well and oh my goodness right now i just feel uh such great love i feel like i'm gonna start crying because it just feels so beautiful so thank you for sharing that on uh lady diana and my goodness, Margaret Thatcher, what what is a way? So here we are. We would love to learn how to speak in this divine voice, especially in this world that we have right now, the outer world, which seems quite chaotic. If uh, we really recommend that our community doesn't don't don't pay attention to the news reports too much because they can really drag us down. Uh, seems like a divide and conquer program is on high these days. So when we're talking about personal empowerment, how can you suggest we speak with a beautiful voice, a voice that allows us to speak our truth in a loving, compassionate way? Mm. It's actually quite simple. And we all have this within us. It's just that our fixation with doing, 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 doing has taken us away from the quality of sound that you're now referring to. So I I sort of pin, I ground where I can move with this description for you in the phrase, if words arise from the heart, they enter the heart. If words arise from the tongue alone, they don't pass beyond the ears. Now, I mean, in the doing, doing, doing world, what we've been encouraged to do is just to live in our heads. So all I'm doing is producing sound from the head, which, of course, as we know, over the last 40 or 50 years has become the currency in most metropolitan communities in the United States of America. Except it tends to go a little bit like that. You know what I mean? At the back of the tongue is quite high. And there's that nasality coming through. And, of course, that can go into really hybrid things like 2020 Street and so on like that. But actually, if I if I change my sound into this, that I've just altered from being principally in my head and I've gone down into my body. I've actually gone into my heart. So if words arise from the heart, they enter the heart. If words arise from the if words rather blah 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 blah. And so in other words, what I'm what I'm directing us to is that we each have a note. We each have a signature sound which is an optimum pitch. 
it's right in the middle of our range, our vocal range. And if we see the vocal range as being within our spine, the most important thing we know in life is to find a middle. Because when we find a middle, we find a point of harmony. And so if we imagine, where is the middle of my spine? Well, of course, what we're doing is we're going right into this area here. So there's that bit and there's that bit. So it's rather like the positioning of the Vitruvian man or the Vitruvian woman with arms like this, that suddenly we can feel this very centralized force. And so we become grounded. And so life becomes easier, more harmonic. And when this takes place, we find our power because we begin to feel our sovereignty. We begin to feel the I am presence. But the difficulty is that we're breathing very high and we're really, you know, we're, we're enraptured by doing, 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 doing. And most of the time we're working from very, very powerful stress levels because in doing, 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 we produce so much uh, noradrenaline and cortisol, the stress hormones, that what we do is we tend to tighten our bodies and we automatically then restrict the neck resonator, which becomes very tight. So in short, that's the way of doing it. Now, of course, we can't do any of this if we're not breathing. And so the first thing that we need to do in order to find where our note is, is to feel the breath very full and very open within the body. And the majority of us don't breathe. And of course, we breathe. Otherwise, we'd be, we, we, we would expire. But we're unaware of our breath, even though it's the very first independent action that we achieve as children, as babies we breathe in and it's the last thing that we do and then we move into the source we move back into the source and in between we just forget about our breath so what i'm doing in the world is is encouraging exciting eliciting provoking evoking and encouraging and seducing people into remembering their breath yes thank you that's beautiful um so really being heart-centered is what I hear that you say. And when we are heart-centered, everything drops down. And we can feel that. We can feel that right now. So would a tone be something that we would express as our natural tone? Yes. I mean, a, a, a tone is the quality of the overall perception of our sound, isn't it? We talk about somebody's voice tone. Uh, the, the tone of the tone of uh, an individual's voice arises out of a pitch, which is a frequency. And when I talk about finding our note, I'm talking about that pitch or frequency. What's interesting is that the one note then resonates in the body. In other words, it is amplified within the chambers of the body. So the one note becomes a harmonic frequency of many notes, which makes up somebody's tone. So I, although I speak of it singularly, let's find our, the song of our soul, let's find our signature note. It's actually many notes in one. So the way that I describe it often is to think of this is rather like hanging a beautiful crystal in a window. The crystal is one crystal. The light that shines through the crystal is one light. But then it becomes many rays essentially red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet, into ultraviolet, back into infrared, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. So out of the one light becomes many lights. Out of the one sound becomes many sounds. In other words, many aspects of our being, because we are 
extraordinary complex beings. But at the same time, in the complexity, it seems today that we have lost ourselves because so much of our lives are about doing, 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 our outmoding rather than coming back to self. And now, of course, we're hearing meditate, 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 meditate. And most people have great difficulty meditating. But when we meditate, we come back into the being that we are. We feel our capacity. We feel profound stillness which is where the divine lives. The divine doesn't live in all the action. Divine lives in complete stillness. And therefore we feel this inclusivity of touching into the oneness of the I am presence. And as a result of that, we can begin to express ourselves through the power of what that sovereignty is. I use the word sovereignty because it's an archetype. But, you know, we no longer are revering the sovereign on the outside of us. What we're doing is moving through a renaissance where we remove ourselves from the patriarchal that has evidently been very a very useful model to live in for over 2,000 years. And now what we're beginning to do is to develop our own personal sovereignty so that we learn how to not give our power away and become codependent on another system or another human being or another way of transferring our intelligence in the world. But what we do is we come back to this sense of self. Now, this is very ancient information. It's just that we have unremembered it. And so what I'm doing is I'm bringing it back into uh, our contemporary perspective. Um, it's ancient information because if we go back into arguably the origins of the Western civilization, meaning the Greek and the Roman thought, in Rome, they spoke of this as persona, which we use extended into the word personality. But the word persona in Latin means per through sona sound. Oh. Isn't that interesting? So we convey the totality of our being through sound. And so they worked on their voices to produce a sound that was completely harmonic through their persona. So it's the same thing that I'm talking about. Um, and, you know, something very extraordinary happens that when we find our note, we find a much greater and easier connection with soul consciousness because the heart is the seat of the soul. So we come back. You know, we've, we've been taught to go here so much. And of course, for many, many years, esoteric belief was that this was the soul, that the pineal gland was the soul. Well, okay, we're, we're all up here talking up here and being highly cerebral. But then we begin to realize that's merely an orchestration of ideas that the behavior can often be unscrupulous or treacherous or unkind or lacking passion. Whereas if we come back into our hearts, we can still keep the compass of our mental body working. But what we do then is to begin, when once we come into the heart, we begin to produce really ecstatic choices about how love can be the energy and the instrument of our entire lives and how when we see someone suffering we don't want to punish them what we want to do is to offer them compassion and empathy and kindness and so this is the revolution that we are part of isn't it that we're asking for people to alter their behavior not in any prescriptive or constricting or restricting forms but just purely and simply to honor 
what life is really all about in its sacred and reverential sense, so that we can be into really, well, as Diana would say, do as you would be done by. Beautiful. We can hear that when you get excited. We can hear people who are in their head. It's really being in the head, getting excited. I do this myself with my own family. If I get excited, I can hear my voice elevate as well. Or sometimes people's voices will be in their nose. And so that makes perfect sense that it's really, truly speaking from the heart. So that will change our world. I love how you called it a revolution. It's a revolution of the heart. The difficulty is, I believe, you know, that we have a we have a subtle problem because we're governed by machines. Mm. And machines make noises. And so I believe that we have changed radically in our sound making. And it's much easier to go here because we're sounding over the machine. I mean, all- <laughs> Starbucks or a cafe or bar, a restaurant or a public place, and you can hear everybody shouting at one another. And the reason why is because the machines are on, the air conditioning, the noise of the traffic, the noise of the elevator, the noise of the of the walking, you know, the, the walking escalators uh, or the moving escalators rather, um, you know, etc., 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 and the noise of the machines, very simply. And um, the area that I I spent so much time in working as an actor and with actors, you know, ostensibly for 40 years in the entertainment industry, was the world of medievalism or post-medievalism, meaning the world of Shakespeare, where there were no machines. There was just the sound of the church bell and the sound of the cartwheel. There were no machines. And so a Lord Mayor of London in 1597 said, all speech is decorated silence. Mm. Well, where today do we go for silence? In the middle of the ocean, on the top of a mountain, on a beautiful island like Kauai or Maui? Mm-hmm. It's difficult. It's very difficult. And so our voices are competing against the machines. And so I've made a solemn vow in my life, wherever I go, socially or professionally, and there are heavy machines, I immediately try to negotiate whomever I'm with, whether it's a business meeting, a colleague, a client, or a dear friend, I try to negotiate them into a space that is much quieter. Mm. And then we don't shout at one another. We have heart-centered conversations. And of course, essence is revealed immediately. Yes, absolutely. Personally, I I talk quieter in public. <laughs> Some people can't even hear me because it's like, I just, yeah. All right. Well, that's very interesting. So I hope that our listeners are really tuning into that and feeling their voice. It's a calmness. It's a presence. It's an embodiment, really. So thank you for that. Okay, so here we are in 2019, and we really would love to be empowered. I feel the hot topic of the day is for those who really want to take action and step forward in a new way, yet uh, removing any fears or any barriers. Can you bring us a message through maybe Archangel Mikael on that? 
What I'm going to do is to choose a, a card from the oracle. Okay. The oracle, the first oracle of the angels of Atlantis. Oh, actually, one's just... It shows it for you. One fell out. One flew out. <laughs> Very funny. And it's it's a great friend of Metatron, uh, of Michael. It's actually, it's actually Metatron. Wow. This beautiful diamond orb or quartz crystal orb. So this is Metatron, the great teacher, who stands on the right-hand side of the divine and has a key into the Akashic. And we see the Sphinx. And the card is wisdom, divine wisdom. And so in other words, what Metatron is saying in response to your question is in 2019, what is the great gift from the Holy Ones? And the great gift of the Holy Ones is that we are on a turning point. We are literally on a spinning point, which is imminent. Astrologically speaking, many astrologers are talking about the first week of March, because a very unique configuration is taking place in the first week of March. And this, I believe, is a divine portal opening. It's measured astrologically or astronomically. But at the same time, we will all receive a powerful radiation from the galactic heart. As, and it will stimulate us into reckoning the history or the history of our soul. So this card is about the soul's wisdom, hence the Sphinx. How many thousands and thousands of years has the Sphinx lain in the desert on the plateau of Giza, a place that I go to twice a year on pilgrimage and have done for about 40, 50 years. Yeah, so wisdom coming through. And the greatest wisdom is cease your contract with the absurdities and the chaos of the world and come back to heart-centered, soul-creative intelligence about how love is all there is and that we're here from the source, which is an infinitely unfolding creative possibility full of love and joy. And we're here to fulfill our purpose, which is simply to optimize our energy full of love and joy. Whatever we do, that's what our purpose is. You know, the, the Western model of intellectualization has led us to believe that we have to do one thing and one thing well, as opposed to, no, you, we're creative beings. We're spirit beings having a human experience. So we're here to optimize our creativity full of love and joy. And so if we can live through this Congress, automatically life becomes much simpler. And of course, as we all know, in terms of our quantum conversation, that whatever we see on the outside of ourselves is a mirror image of what's going on within. So if we're seeing chaos on the outside, it's to do with the chaos within. So how do I change that? Well, I change this. I be the change I want to see. So instead of hating some of the Republican representatives in Congress at the moment, what we do is we love them. And we see that what they're providing us with is a great gift because they're showing us exactly where our shadow lies. The whole scene is showing us exactly where our shadow lies. And none of it seems to be very adult-like. And that's why it's time for the way showers to step up, right? For 
you to assist all of us and for all of us to help others and do it with our voice, the divine voice. Yes. And, you know, my work with, with essentially with the arousal of the divine feminine means that I work with a, a lot of very extraordinary women who are becoming empowered at this time. Mm. And so, therefore, I'm talking about the work that I do with Hashtag Me Too and with the series of seminars that I have that are called The Voice of Eve, where I'm allowing very successful businesswomen, to, women rather, to come into seminar where we express our truth and they express their truth very specifically about the way that they are not listened to by the men. And so what we do is decide what are the best sensation tools that they can use with their beings, with their voices, with their expressive reality to literally become magnetic as they as they ascend in their presence to become enlightened leaders. So we discuss what is enlightened leadership. And of course, at the core of it is emotional intelligence, keyed by non-reactivity and working through response-worthy conduct. And so, yeah, I, I believe you see the next chapter of history will be written by the women and the girls, not by the men. And what we need to do, what we men need to do is to surrender. We need to yield to your wisdom. And that's where Diana overshadows, because we saw that she was a template, that this was, a, this was in many ways a very ordinary human being. She had an intuitive, empathic intelligence, not a book-learned academic intelligence. And so we began to see how she was vilified by her critics because they saw her as being stupid and overly emotional and maniacal. And what she did was to empower herself into believing that her empathy and her intuition were crowns of celestial beauty. And as she did this, she became clearer and more adroit at being able to communicate the complexity of what she was feeling through words rather than through tears. And so we began to see the shift in the divine feminine away from the alpha female intellectual, stern, hard boss into something which was infinitely more empowered. And, you know, I met some very, very powerful people last year. Um, you know, interviewing them about Diana. And one of them, who will remain nameless, but is one of the potentates on our planet, said, Stuart, when Diana looked at us, our bones melted. And she, he, was talking, he was talking about the way that she spoke to presidents and prime ministers, CEOs and the chieftains of the world. So they were stirred to such an extent by her magic, by her beauty, by her allure, by the emanation of the divine feminine that poured through her. They were so stirred. Now, this gives me great hope. Even with the brutes that we see, it gives me great hope that the brutish behavior will be quelled by the loving touch of the divine mother through you extraordinary women. Well, thank you for doing that with those powerful women. I know I'm not the only one who would like you to share a couple of those tools that you give the women to 
um, stand forth in an empowered way. Can you give us an example, one or two? Yes, the, the first two are not about doing, they're about being. Mm. And they're the two great craft skills that any great actor or presenter finds. One is to be grounded, which means very simply, what am I doing with my body? And most of the time, we're really non-present with what we're doing with our bodies. So if we can come present with how is my body balanced? What is, what, what is the weight of my body doing? We automatically come back into being grounded. And therefore, we feel greater relaxation. We feel greater peace. We feel greater harmony. And then we begin to realize that actually all of the functionality of our energy arises from stillness rather than through having to do, having to impress, having to be intelligence, having to fulfill whatever the demand is on the outside. What we do is we draw all of that energy into our own core. And through stillness, we are given the opportunity of dispatching our intelligence with infinite ease. This is what I call the magnetic voice. It's not reaching out which is electrical and very male, it's drawing in. And therefore our voices take on a weight and a texture and a tonality, which is very warm and very rich and very mellifluous, which means honeyed speaking. You have, Lauren, a mellifluous voice. Your voice sounds like honey. And if it's not honey, it sounds like molten gold as you speak. As long as I stay calm and centered and grounded. Okay, beautiful. Well, that is, that's real empowerment and sovereignty. So it's all through the voice and the tone. So that's fantastic. Let's talk a little bit about the karmic timelines that we have and how the angels can help us release those. Well, because the angels come to amplify whatever state emanates from our bodies. Now, what's interesting, you know, because they, they, they are primed with one level of consciousness, which is to love for the sake of love. They do not, they do not in my experience, intercept something that we are engaged in, unless, as we know, in very remarkable situations, we are in peril. And then there is a force through divine absolution that steps in, that commands the angels to step in. I had a situation once about six years ago, maybe a little bit more, where I was working in Connecticut. And it was actually it's about five years ago. It was during one of those terrible winters that we had on the northeastern seaboard five years ago and also four years ago. And anyway, I was working in the rural state of Connecticut. And um, I was working in the healing center quite late. And then I needed to drive across state to where I was staying and a blizzard set up. Now my car was prepared. So I had snow tires and, and so forth and so forth. However, as I was driving through the countryside very slowly because of the blizzard uh, with my cell phone ready, if I needed it, um, I suddenly became aware of two beams of light in front of me. And I realized that somebody was stationary in the middle of this blizzard on the side of the road. And as I got closer, I saw 
a man slumped over the wheel. And in, I just knew immediately this man was having a heart attack. So I stopped the car and ran sliding over to his car and he was having a cardiac arrest. So I turned back to grab my cell phone, sliding across the road, called emergency services and then turned back and looked and next to him was seated one of the most beautiful young men that I've ever seen, who was wearing a sort of a black top coat with a hoodie. And as I, as I got closer, this being's eyes looked at me. Now, I don't know where this being came from, because he certainly wasn't anywhere near the car when I initially ran over. These eyes looked at me, and I knew this was angelic. Yeah. He placed one hand on the rear of the man's heart chakra and the other on the front. And it was almost like a bolt of light, not lightning, but a beam of light moved through this man. And he suddenly sat up. And then I heard the ambulance coming. Now, when does an ambulance come in such shorter space of time? And I turned around to hail the ambulance the ambulance arrived, I turned around and the young man was nowhere to be seen. But the man who was having the heart attack was arrested from acute cardiology. So occasionally they do step in. But, you know, going back to the core of your question, that what they're really reflecting in us at this time is how we can become emotionally intelligent about our own process. And therefore, Metatron... And the Archangel Michael that you were speaking of, they're asking us because Metatron is the great teacher and Michael is the great leader to really listen to our spirit teachers, to really listen to the fact that they're all saying, cease stress, cease worry, cease anxiety. And he, these are the tools by which you can do that so that we produce more oxytocin and serotonin in our bodies than we do um, the, the stress hormones that really affect the immune system so badly. We produce too much um, cortisol and noradrenaline. So if we start producing serotonin and oxytocin, well, serotonin makes us feel high and oxytocin is the chemical that we produce, the hormone that we produce when we're in love. So wouldn't that be extraordinary that we live our lives in a heightened state of pure love and pure compassion and pure charity all the time. So this, this shifting point that we're facing is very remarkable. What I'm noticing is that although there's a lot of information out there, because many of us have been writing books and talking about this for the last 45 years, what I'm also noticing is that people aren't using the information that we have this greed for more information. I guess the development of information technology has led us also to even more greed for information. But we only process the information through our cerebral capacities. We don't allow the wonder, the inspiration, the es essence function of feeling is the language of the soul to function. What we need to do, I believe, is to allow the information to simmer deep within us so that we can begin to make essential choices about what it is to be truly embodied. 
So there are many things that the angels are communicating to us at this time. Um, the most important thing is how we can develop our own sovereignty and thence become co-creative. Um, I've, I've mentioned many things, but does that adequately answer your question, Loren? Yes, and I've got a little bit feedback here, so bear with me as I, I correct this here. <laughs> okay. The angels are coming through. The angels are coming through. I don't know where it's coming from. Isn't that strange? Okay. The angels are coming through. The angels are coming through. Okay. We're back. It's easier. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. It's it's in many ways it's my fault. It, I've um, I've been engaged in I think this is the fourth major conversation in the last um, three months uh, of this nature, and on each occasion there has been a tremendous amount of technical breakdown. In the conversation that I had with Darius, it stopped altogether. We could not record. <laughs> uh, his computer and my computer completely crashed. <laughs> well, thank goodness we didn't crash on that. So I would love to take some comments from our audience because mm. we're on live stream YouTube. It's not possible to unmute anyone at this moment, but we're going to work on that technology and hopefully it will blend. So if there's anyone uh, who would like to at AcousticHealth.com enter a message, that would be beautiful. Uh, I do want to just say as well that as the divine feminine comes in, we are still honoring with love and respect our male brothers and also the male aspects within ourselves. And as we do that, it is actually healing on all levels. It's like our whole world needs to respect all of these aspects of ourself uh, and mature a little bit. Would you like to share anything about the male aspect as well? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you because, of course, you know, with, with all of the considerations that I've expressed, I talked mostly about the arousal of the divine feminine because as a man, that's what I serve. That is my service. But fundamentally, I'm reminded in your words of the unique balance that needs to take place. And that's why I speak of sovereignty, because the king and the queen become balanced. The throne is actually our bodies. Our creativity is the kingdom. That's beautiful. That is so beautiful. You know, there is a song out there, we're never going to be royals. And I always change the word to we are going to be royals. We are royals. So if we treat ourselves that way, that's the emotional intelligence that you're talking about. And I absolutely love it. I yeah. feel really elated right now. I feel uh, a lot of soft, beautiful energy and an incredible balance talking to you. And I hope everyone can feel that as well. So let me take uh, 
some questions as well. Um, Sharda, she would like you to maybe take us into an experience where we can tap into higher frequencies to experience events with orbs or at least to open ourselves up to that or or um, maybe feeling these other essences. My goodness, how exciting to see golden orbs like you did. Well, they're actually here now. Ah. Do you see them with your eye or do you feel them? Like right now it feels like I feel them. I, I see them, I feel them, I feel them, I see them. I'm synesthetic, so I, the, I, the feeling and the seeing is one and the same thing. So when I speak of seeing, I sometimes literally, but I also see within. So it's this clairsentient biofeedback. They are here right now. As I look at you, Loren, I'm seeing orbs all around you. Oh. So the, the frequency is so high. Do you see? The frequency is so high. And... In, in order to feel, the, the angels gave me this the other day, which I think is absolutely beautiful, and I still need to fully commit it to my heart. It's interesting that when we, we talk about learning by our hearts. Yes. Because the heart is the seat of the soul. And I love this. This is about how to tune into high-frequency angelic transmission. To see an angel... When we must see another soul. To feel an angel, we must feel another's heart. To hear an angel, we must listen to them both. And to smell an angel, we must know the scent of love. So the high frequency um, transmission that this darling lady is asking for is actually happening right now. That's the whole point of the embodied witness that we're speaking of. There's a very, very powerful radiation here. So having named it, let's see if we can actually increase it so that everybody feels it, because it's all very well, you and I feeling it. <laughs> but what we're also hoping is that many of our listeners can also touch into the quality of it. Yeah. So um, what, I, what may I take us, take us all through about a five-minute process? That would be exquisite. Okay. So firstly, what we need to do is to just ground ourselves, which means how are we seated? Feeling ourselves to be very heavy in the chair, or maybe one or two people are sitting cross-legged on the floor. And in feeling this level of groundedness, in feeling the release that takes place all the way through our bodies, particularly through the upper story area of the spine and the neck, just feeling very, very free there. Imagine, as you align your spine, that the whole of the spine is filled with a beautiful silver white light, a laser beam of light going all the way through the spine. And just feeling how that silver white light, this pranic cord, penetrates down through the base of the spine, through the chair or the floor, wherever you're seated, and then through the floors that are beneath the floor on which you sit, until you reach the basement of the building in which you're placed, or if you're listening in the open air, into the ground, through the soil, 
through the clay, through the stone, through the, through the rock, into bedrock. And as we, as it were, penetrate with the light, bedrock, notice how we're going deep into the womb of the Gaia, deep into the womb of Mother Earth, and how she automatically co comes to hold us, She holds us in her unconditional love, which of course we call gravity. So ask her for a gift, ask her for a blessing, ask her for a sign. And then rising from that position, siphoning with the rise, all of her gifts, all of her blessings, all of her love, all of her tears, all of her visions up through the rock, through the stone, through the clay, through the soil, through the earth's crust, and then through the building, whatever floor you are on. And as it penetrates through the floor on which you're seated or which you stand, feel it going into your body and through the spine again. And as you cluster into your heart, the seat of the soul, allow all of the visions, all of the blessings, all of the intimations, all of the soothings that Mother Earth has given you to be placed in your heart, and then continue up through the spine with the, the, the beautiful silver white laser beam of light until it shoots out through the top of your head, through the building, through the atmosphere of the planet, off, 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 until it reaches the brightest star nearest to planet Earth, which is Venus, and just enter into the womb of Venus. They give us permission to do this, you see. So you're overlit by Sister Venus, the planet of love, and underpinned by Mother Earth. And now we're going to breathe through this pranic cord, the breath light. And as you breathe in, what I'd love you to do is to see the breath as a light. So just let all the breath go in preparation. Empty. And when you feel the need to breathe, breathe in. Feel the breath go wide and deep into your body and then let the breath go. Blow every last particle out. Wait, feel the need to breathe and then breathe in. Pause. Feel the whole of your body interior filled with the light of the breath and then let it go. Empty, feel the need to breathe, and once again, breathing the light in. Feel the ribs open, breath deep, so the whole of your body is emanating light from it. And then let the breath go. And then just breathe in in your own rhythm and pause, just resting in the feeling of just soaking in the light of your body and how it radiates from your being. And feel the stillness. Within the stillness, feel how 
you are just soaking in your own essence. Soaking in your soul, your soul, my soul, our soul, the great field of light that is the soul of the cosmos. And as you soak in this soul, notice that next to you, above you, behind you, below you, is a presence. A beam of light, an orb of light. This is your guardian angel, your genie, that has been with you since the beginning of your time in this incarnation and will always be with you until you decide to go back into source. No name, no gender, pure light form that is here to amplify the highest states of your being. And so in this moment, as we feel your guardian, what gift do you wish to offer your guardian rather than the gift that you wish to receive. So as you choose that essence of your being, that love, that complete honoring and awe-inspiring beauty and reverence for your guardian, feel how a biofeedback takes place between your heart chakra and your guardian angel. And we'll amplify that by using a very gentle hum through the heart. Feel how the light that we opened within the pranic cord, within the whole of your being, is now emanating through your etheric sheath beyond your body, many, many feet beyond your body, embraced by your guardian angel, who is amplifying the intention of sharing on a heart level this beauty, this love, this reverence and this complete honouring of how the angelic kingdom has opened its doorway to us at this time. Feel your body framing the whole of this experience through your skin suit. And notice how in your skin suit there are these portals, these senses, which mark the edge of your consciousness. So feeling, 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 the feelingness of feeling from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, to the tips of your fingers, to the seat of your butt. 
hearing, 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 the hearingness of hearing, smelling, 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 the smellingness of smelling. And then very gently opening your eyes and feel how lanterns open, creating a connection on this level of experience. So beautiful, so centered and so connected and that's a powerful tool on beginning to create a magnetic voice. There's a question coming in from Karen, and I hope that that exercise answers her question on that magnetic voice, how we express it and we embody it. Yeah. Extraordinary, extraordinary experience happens. It's so simple. But the radiation is very strong, isn't it? And so, although we're feeling our guardian, our guardian is almost like, our guardian angel <coughs> is almost like a portal to open up the further reaches of the multidimensional consciousness. So there were beings of light that were teeming around us. The 12 angels were with us, the 12 angels of Atlantis. The, the ascended masters and mistresses were, were with us. You know, wherever these 12 go, because they're very, very ancient in this collective, in this communion of 12, in ancient Kabbalah, they're known as the Malakim. And the Malakim are known as the royal angels. Going back to what you were saying about the resonance of the royal. And the reason why they're known such is because they overlight the 12 Malchizedek. We call them Melchizedek, but actually the word is Malchizedek, which in ancient Hebrew means the priest kings, the priest queens. And this is the intergalactic brotherhood. There are 12. Yeshua is there. Mary is there. Magdalene is there. Saint Germain is there. Buddha is there. Sophia is there. Kuan Yin is there. Kathumi is there, etc., 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 etc. So each of these angels are part of that emanation. So when I speak of we are surrounded by the, uh, the ascended masters and mistresses, these are the beings that I'm talking about. Beautiful. Can you share more on the 12 angels of Atlantis? We have talked a lot about Lemuria and Atlantis on this program. So that would be wonderful to hear you describe those 12 angels of Atlantis. And um, what would you like to know? Well, I believe that you said them their names earlier, right? Archangel Raphael, uh, and they, uh, they're stationed at the... Um, in the element they're stationed around our planet so yeah. um, at the same time, they're ubiquitous you know they're everywhere because uh -huh. they can bilocate and trilocate and quadrocate it's uh, they're everyone at once you know because uh, michael can be with you and can be with me and can be with millions of other people <laughs> they're quite extraordinary in their emanation so what they teach me about atlantis is that atlantis was um, made up of 12 communions in its purest state. And each of the communions held approximately 144,000 human beings. 
um, each communion was dedicated to a particular archetype or to a particular creative pathway. There were the teachers, there were the healers, there were the great guides, there were the mystery school keepers, <coughs> there were the leaders, there were the healers, I said, there were the comforters. And um, again, they had a level of intelligence which was stimulated by a 12 helix DNA. So their 12 chakras were completely open. And so although I speak about singularity, they were living, they were living multiplicity. Um, it's just an overriding vibration that we speak of. Um, the, each of the angels overlit. I speak, they, they encouraged me to speak about overlighting rather than overshadowing because shadow is, is a word that is often associated with the darker impulses of, the, of human nature. So they speak of overlighting each one. Um, there was a period in the middle of the Atlantean civilization of approximately a thousand years where the angels walked with men and produced a level of technology which was so extraordinary that they produced a biosphere around the planet, or rather around the continent of the civilization. Of course, at the end times of, uh, of Atlantis, the polar axis shifted, and so the geography that we see at the moment was potentially not the geography that existed um, during the Atlantean and Lumerian times. I believe that Atlantis, they teach me that Atlantis and Lumeria existed at the same time with overlapping degrees. One was in the Northern Hemisphere, the other was in the Southern Hemisphere. Atlantis was vast. It was not a little island. It was vast. It probably covered the area that we now refer to as being the Gulf, the, the, the Gulf of Mexico, right the way over to the Eastern seaboard of the Mediterranean. Um, Oh, gosh, I could go on and on and on. I mean, this is this is one of the reasons why I wanted to provide as one of the uh, aspects of the packages, the introduction to the Angels of Atlantis, because um, yes. much of this information is there. However, you did ask about the, the singularity of each angel. And so there are 12. Gabriel begins as the great messenger. And of course, we see the resonance of Gabriel in, in Kabbalah and also in the Judeo-Christian tradition of both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Because Gabriel, for example, came to Mary and said, you are going to have a child and his name will be Jeshua or Jesus. Gabriel also went to her cousin and said, you are going to bring forth a child who will be known as the Baptist, John the Baptist. Gabriel also brought the Quran to Muhammad, may his name be praised. So we, you know, there are many, there are many attributions to Gabriel. One of the beautiful folkloric stories of Gabriel is that Gabriel meets the newborn incarnation and always says, Shh. Gabriel puts his or her finger on the lips of the child, which is why we have that indentation there. Isn't that sweet? And when Gabriel says, shh, what Gabriel is saying is the higher regions of your soul's intelligence must remain quiet. And so, as it were, a gentle amnesia comes across us purely and simply, not out of any devilry or out of any treachery, but purely and simply because so then we have to work fervently on earth plane to remember our divinity. Because earth plane is very dense. 
and we need to work fervently to lift the density, stay grounded, but lift the density into remembering our spiritual ancestry. And of course, that's what's happening right now. Gabriel is then followed by Hanael. Hanael is the great warrior angel who teaches us bravery and courage and steadfastness and determination. Whenever we're about to give up, Hanael always comes in and says, have another go. In other words, gives us hope. And that's when we achieve things at the 11th hour. But the, the difficulty is that we don't sustain things, we human beings, and particularly today, because our consciousness flits everywhere. And actually what Haniel is always saying is the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing, and then you create it. Jophiel then follows. Jophiel is this beautiful citrine yellow orb, and Jophiel is the angel of liberation. So Jophiel is with us hugely at this time, teaching us about unconditionality, teaching us about freedom, teaching us about liberating our consciousness to, to, to not constantly be codependent and fix ourselves in um, an uncertain sense of self in our personal relationships, but to determine how we can literally liberate ourselves into the fulfillment of our own purpose. And then, of course, along comes Michael. And Michael is the cosmic leader. Michael is with us, of course, as we know, hugely, because Michael's sword is like a laser of truth that will penetrate any treachery or any occlusion. And, of course, the great story is that Michael was sent by the divine to show Lucifer the door. And Lucifer became this figmentation that we have of Satan. And that begins another huge story about that. Um, Lucifer actually means light and you know, was, was, was also, uh, is also an extraordinary angel. It's just that we've demonized Lucifer. Um, and, then, and then we have Metatron. And Metatron is, um, actually Metatron comes first. And Metatron's the super, supernal teacher. Um, so Metatron has the key to the Akashic and teaches us about the contents of our soul. So if we ever want to tune into the Akashic, there's much information about the Akashic records today, isn't there? The, the best angel to talk to is Metatron. And Metatron will lead us to feel the infiltrations of our soul. And one of the ways that he's introducing, or she, he, it, is introducing us, is by the knowledge of sound, because sound is at the core of creation, which is why they're offering us this unique angelic sound healing that we can transmute anything through sound. And one of the key ingredients that they're giving us is that, of course, we each have a note, as, I, as I've uttered. And during that moment, as the child, when we take that first big breath and then that roar of life, in Kabbalah, it is said that that sound resonates throughout the universe forever. And so within those sounds, within the harmonies of our bodies, we have the ability to locate prior incarnation through sound. And therefore, the sound is the key into the Akashic. Interesting, huh? Very interesting. Very interesting. You know, it, it reminds me of when we are called to tone. Some people just have to make a tone at certain situations or for animals. And that's really what we're tapping into. So it's quite fascinating. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 
And of course, the original language was the language of pure tonality, and it was emanated from the heart. Yeah. Until the Tower of Babel, which is a marker in our history for the dissemination of the ego, because we then separated ourselves from source. Um, so, you know, the sound, sound is extraordinary. It really, it, sound brings people together. I mean, there's a project that I'm involved in with one of the world's leading musicians who is Jewish and is um, a great friend of Zion. And so we go to Israel and because he's, um, you know, a big guy, a famous man, young musicians are brought to work with him. They have to have a certain proficiency. And he play, he gets them to play Brahms or Beethoven or Mozart or whatever. And the young Israelis and Palestinians come into the room hating one another. And then they start playing music and the hatred completely transcends. And then you have people, young ones, weeping in each other's arms. He then gives them to me and I take them through an hour process of finding their note. So we, we move into celebration. And they become lifelong friends. Sound transforms. Sound transforms. Beautiful. Okay. Well, I want to give you a moment uh, in our show here to talk about your special offer, which really has uh, gives us an ability to work more with sound. You've actually created, I like to call them sound elixirs, right? And these are for people to further ground themselves, to step more into their sovereignty and to feel that magnetic voice. Uh, and also part of your package is working one-on-one -on -one with you. That's mm. quite a treat. So share with us what that's all about, please. Well, there, there are three packages um, that we've designed. I say we, you know, because I, I work alongside uh, a wonderful team member um, who helps me orchestrate these wonderful, wonderful um, summits. And so in package A, there are 12 recordings that identify and evoke the angels of Atlantis, the royal archangels of Atlantis. Um, so that's quintessential within package A, um, because it's at the very core of our work. I mean, I, I, I only got to Michael, didn't I? And of course, so we have Gabriel, Haniel, Jophiel, Metatron, Michael, and that's only five angels. There, is, there are seven other angels that I haven't even talked about. So within package A, there's a complete identification. These, um, these wonderful um, meditations on the substance of what each angel can evoke for us so that they're very literalized and very simple in the quality of their content. In each one, there is also a meditation so that we can literally feel each of the angels coming into our lives and effecting immediate change. That's the key. There's a bonus which go, we go into, which is the, the extract from the, the prologue from the Angels of Atlantis book that I wrote, which is here. Maybe some of our listeners have seen it. Yes. Twelve Mighty Forces to Transform Your Life Forever. And then there's a bonus of a very special recording that the angels have given me where they channel through my voice. And the recording is called Incantation, and it has three parts. 
me speaking the Gayatri mantra, which is the most sacred mantra in Sanskrit, me speaking the Lord's Prayer in Aramaic, me speaking 12 codes that the angels gave us that are in Hebrew. So we have Sanskrit, Aramaic, and Hebrew, that are three of the five trace languages, the five sacred vibrations. Because again, although the language is about speaking word, it's about the vibration of sound that's the key thing. Um, So that's package A. So that's quite big. And then we go into package B, and package B is all of that. And (laughs) um, advanced angelic sound healing miracles. So there are there are um, six videos of 15 minutes each that literally take us through a journey of understanding the landscape that you so beautifully evoked through me, which is understanding, for example, how do I open my heart and really embody my soul more fully through sound? Number one. Number two, what is angelic sound healing? So there is an evocation of angelic sound healing within the video. Number three, what is voice alchemy? When I find my note, how can I use my note to alchemicalize any of the negativity in my life? So that alchemy means we take the negative, we transform it into the positive. So denial becomes acceptance. Pain becomes freedom. Hatred becomes love. Guilt becomes innocence, etc., 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 etc. Shame becomes um, trusted, free feeling rather than I can't feel this because I'm, I'm in shame. And then how sound can be used to evoke the angelic persona. So it's about really living the fullness of our note. And it's a 15-minute examination into all the different situations in our lives where we lose our power, where we lose our note, where we lose our sovereignty, and how in those situations we can reinstate the resonance that is most fundamental to us. Um, An exposition on the substance of the magnetic voice, when we can use the magnetic voice and how it can draw all people in. And then lastly, an exposition on the substance of emotional intelligence. And so it's a much broader perspective of the way that today we can, through finding angelic sound healing, through finding the magnetic persona, we can change the whole of our landscape and therefore evoke mitigating circumstances that changes the behavior of all the people that we meet, including the people on the bus or on the plane or on the train or hurtling down the highway as you drive to work in the morning. Um, we, we mustn't forget that the, we're evoking the energy of the heart, and the heart has an energy field which is 5,000 times greater than the human brain. So the meditation we just did, that's, that was a global meditation that was affecting people all around the globe. And then there's bonus three, just to finalize package B, which again are the 12 healing elixirs that the angels have given us. And they're 12 meditations and prayers. They're very short and sweet, but they're absolutely resonant. And therefore they become rather like nectar that drop into our consciousness, physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Then package C. And package C is all of that. (laughs) And a 30-minute soul reading. Yeah. with, the again, the bonus of the 12 angelic healing elixirs. And so the, it, it's, we've, we've sorted three very exquisite 
packages that, of course, um, originally are priced. I mean, package C, which is the premier package, is priced originally at nearly $2,000. But what we've been able to do is to work on a very, very special 93% discount. And so we've brought the package down to only $197, which is quite remarkable, the way that we've been able to do it. Well, with that one-on-one session with you, that's very honorable, and uh, we really appreciate that. You work with people one-on-one, and so tell us a little bit about what happens in that one-on-one session. Well, of course, we're all so vitally different, and so it depends entirely on the individual. Mm -hmm. The majority of the people that come express, I don't know what my purpose is. Yes. So what we do is we look into what is your divine purpose to be here under the umbrella of we're here to optimize our creativity full of love and joy. And then, of course, what happens is we begin to discover that the dear one is not living an optimized level of love and joy. In other words, they're living an optimized level of suffering. And so we move into uh, an identification of what the suffering is and how the suffering can be transmuted into pure freedom and liberation. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens then is that the angels come in and work with the individual. And so I provide the psychic or intuitive supernatural healing that the angels bring in. Yeah, exquisite. Lovely. Just that exercise you did with us today uh, and amplifying the light of our guardian through the heart with the hum was so palpable. Uh, Many were reporting uh, chills and and feeling that electric feeling, that love feeling. Mm -hmm. So that's wonderful. That special offer is available at AcousticHealth.com. Of course, there's links here on this page. You can get that. Or you go to AcousticHealth.com, click on special offers in the marketplace, or you could connect to the quantum conversation today's show or in our replays to connect with Stuart Pierce's show page and that will connect you to his special offer. I really want to thank you for that because we can download these and they're like a healing spa, a healing library that we can carry in our phone and listen to at any moment. So when we ask how we can raise our vibration or how we can tap into those frequencies, it's right there in this digital package that you've provided. So again, I wanna thank you for that because you put a lot of work into it and I've listened to those and they're very well produced. So thank you for that beautiful package. Hey, it's my pleasure. You know, I'm here to be the emissary for these angels. So I'm not the one, of course, but, you know, I'm here to... Beauty is an an emanation of the divine, I feel. And so what I try to do through their witness is to sign everything with the autograph of excellence. Invoking, evoking the energy of our hearts, where that's the seat of the soul, as you reminded us so beautifully today. Okay, well, awesome. I wanted to, I've got two more questions here for you. And when everything is sound and these exercises that you give us, I want to go off and look at something in my community that weighs heavy on my heart. And that's, 
you know, and this could be controversial, so I'm not here to talk politics or controversy, but uh, for one thing, fracking, natural gas, hydraulic fracturing is something that our community is challenged with at the moment. So here we want to uh, be connected to Gaia, to Mother Earth, and to receive the messages of purpose. So when we're dealing with situations like this and we feel called to make a statement or come forward to show our brothers and sisters the emotional intelligence of the whole thing, what would you advise on the best way for us to step forward and make those comments? Yeah, um, we're getting ready for a lot of stepping forward. Uh-huh. We're finding our voices for the first time in a long while, which is finding our sovereignty to speak these things. I chose, as you speak, I chose the card Metatron, who is the supernal teacher. And the card is miracles. And there is the newborn babe, which is the greatest miracle. And the Course in Miracles teaches that miracles are a change of perception. So maybe what we need to do is to examine the entirety of what the experience and the stimuli of fracking or chemtrails or these excoriating mining procedures that are being brought about um, by, by um, your current president and his party or his, his group of officials. Maybe what we need to do is to see that being reactionary is actually not going to help the situation. All it's going to do is to intensify the anger, the frustration, the irritation, the distemper, and the ill-at-easeness that people are experiencing. Mm -hmm. So maybe what we need to do is to try and remain as calm as possible, but as emphatic as we possibly can, so that we really own our sovereignty. The king, the queen, is always never reactionary, is always very, very still and full of grace because the king or the queen has the divine right of thousands and thousands of souls behind them moving, moving, moving forward. Maybe that's the change of perception that is necessary. So that when we speak, we speak with appropriation, we speak with affirmation and firmness, but at the same time we speak with grace. Thank you. Thank you. There's that echo. There's that again. echo again. Let me see if we can stabilize this. I really don't know where the echo is coming from. It stopped right there. All right. Well, this has been a beautiful conversation. And earlier in this week, we talked with someone, Sandra Walter, who was out on Mount Shasta and she was chanting the Gayantri Mantra. And she had an experience of, you could say ETs, you could call them ultra terrestrials, you could call them orbs, we can call them angels. So on that note, my final question for you tonight would be, can you talk about ultra terrestrials? What does that mean to you? Well, I believe that extraterrestrials are beings that are not human, 
but are actually very uh, accompanying us in our journey on this terrestrial planet. Whereas ultra-terrestrial beings do not come from our galaxy. The angels teach me that there are 24 civilizations living within our galaxy. It's just that we're the only humanoid. The others are like beings. And they also, the angels also say that those beings look on us with awe because they don't have bodies. So they look on us with awe and they say, how did you do that? How did you do that? How did you do that? Because they don't have bodies. So we, you know, we, we see our bodies as being encumbered by all sorts of tensions, restraints, diseases, disharmonies, whatever. But actually, we're being looked on in awe. Now, the ultra-terrestrials, I met a group of ultra-terrestrials many, about 20 years ago. They were the Hathors. And they, they use Venus to come in on. Venus is very magnetic. It's the nearest planet to our planet. And they beam in rather like a boomerang. But they come from another galaxy far away. And they came to teach me for about three weeks, three of them. They were very tall beings. I mean, 25 feet tall. And they were teaching me about emotional intelligence. So they gave me a lot of the work that I now impart. And the reason why I share it is because they gave me their parting gesture was, we want you to understand we once had bodies like you. And now we live in light. And our lowest feeling state is something you call ecstasy. <laughs> oh, isn't that exquisite when we know that that's what we are becoming? So we reach for that. We reach for that. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Thank you so much for that. This has been ecstasy. Thank you for letting me speak. You have elated all of us. The vibration of your voice has lifted us. I know everyone is feeling it. We hope everyone is feeling it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Stuart Pierce, for this quantum conversation in the unified field. We are feeling connected with our higher self, with our guides, and our angels, the angels. Thank you. Bless you. Thank you. Stuart, your uh, special offer, again, is available at AcousticHealth.com. We thank you for that. And uh, we'll be in touch. I hope to have you back on Quantum Conversations. And perhaps we can collaborate on a Mastery Empowerment course mm. in the future. That we'll talk about the offline. Yeah. I want to share with you Diana's heart path, what she wants, what she wants us to know. Oh, yes. Mm. That would be awesome. Wow. We'll meet, we'll meet and talk about it. What I want to do is just get the book out first and then and then we'll meet and talk about it because it's going to be huge. And it, it, it is. It, 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 it is a legacy that is going to create long after we've gone, you know, that will we'll just simply be resonating. And it's it's all to do with this extraordinary nature of her resonance and what she has become without a body. Yes. Okay, so one last question, please. How did Diana find you? She, um, she met me through a, a very remarkable woman who um, owned a restaurant in oh, Knightsbridge. A very San Lorenzo restaurant. And she was, she was a very great friend of Mara Burney. Mara Burney was the restaurateur. Okay. Um, and I was asked if I would um, work with Diana. And initially I said no, because it was at the time when 
I, I loved the idea of Diana, but she was surrounded by a circus of mercilessness from the people that were criticizing her as well as the paps. Um, and then I was asked again, and I was sort of hoodwinked into going to have lunch at this restaurant. And as I walked into the salon where it, it, within the restaurant, the private room within the restaurant, there was Diana. And she grabbed hold of my hand, my arm rather, and looked at me and said, you will work with me, won't you? These beautiful blue eyes. And in that moment, I fell in love. Yes. She was just so exquisite. And of course, viewers, when I say this, when I say I fell in love, I don't mean sexually. I fell in love with her heart. I fell in love with her beauty. I fell in love with her vulnerability. I fell in love with the childlike nature of this exquisitely beautiful woman. I mean, she was so beautifully dressed and so forth. Her makeup was just extraordinary. I fell in love with her essence. And I pledged myself to her. But what was interesting is that we decided that our relationship would be completely clandestine. And it's only until now that I speak about her. Well, congratulations on that book. You spent some time writing it and she was with you as you were writing it. And it's to be published right soon. You said it's uh, somewhere in the air over the United States coming to you in the UK. So congratulations. I know that's going to be extremely successful when it comes out as it shows this beautiful side of Diana and your work too. Mm. Lovely. Yes, and that she's become an angel of vast luminosity. I mean, she's a huge, huge guard, cosmic guardian angel over this planet. Yes. Well, we feel her in this episode with us, and we thank Diana as well. Beautiful. Okay. Thanks Blessings. so much. Blessings. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now it's time to dance our way to the cosmic heart.
Quantum Conversation, and thank you for dancing with us to the Cosmic Heart. As we raise our own vibration, we raise the vibration of the planet. This show is dedicated to you and all awakening hearts as we are here to shine our bright light and amplify our love. Access all Quantum Conversations, special offers from our guests, and online healing retreats by visiting AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and from my sacred heart to yours, I honor your magnificent love and light. We leave you now with music from the universe. Music literally created by the universe as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. The result is this beautiful music available at AcousticHealth.com. Namaste. Namaste.